Welcome back to a brand new edition of Jory Sports Stories. I'm your host, Jory, and on this week's episode, we'll be dissecting the atrocity that was the NFC South. All throughout the season, all four teams had quarterback issues, defensive issues, mediocre coaching, and the whole works going on, resulting in the depart in the forced departure of a coach and a willing departure of a generational quarterback. So join us and tune in and let's dive in and discuss. Also, listen until the end for an announcement or two. Let's get it. First, we're going to address the team that I think might have some of the most potential in an ailing division, but they have a lot of questions as well. And they have the cat space to kind of answer those questions. I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons. And yeah, it was definitely one of those seasons, but let's get into it. Well, let's start off with a brief summary of what happened this year. And some biggest, some of my biggest questions and concerns before I really get into the meat of what I'm going to talk about when it comes to this team. But like I stated earlier, it was an up and down season. Times where they looked good, times where they looked downright horrible. And for the most part, they were fun to watch when with the run game. But one thing about this team, countless mistakes ended up plaguing this team quite a bit. Death, lack of death plagued them as well. They're not completely devoid of talent, but they've got some holes to fill. And that was apparent this season. And here's the thing. The main thing that they've got to figure out is the quarterback position. And it's starting to become a quarterback carousel. And we all know that that gets coaches fired. I'm not surprised if Arthur Smith would be on the hot seat right now. And the Marcus Mariota experiment was okay to say the least. Well, I'll get into that, all that later. But it ended terribly on the behalf of both parties. Like, we don't see... Like, I don't see Marcus back the way people kind of turned their backs on him. So there's that. And then there's the the question on how to beefing up that defensive line. Whether they draft somebody or they most likely go look into free agency, this team needs defensive line help. However, would you like to look at the situation? However you would like to look at the situation. It's Grady Jarrett and who else? Exactly. Most likely, I suggest they go into free agency. There should be some free agents available. And, quite frankly, they could use some secondary help as well. They allowed almost seven yards per pass attempt on the year. That's taking away the sack yards as well. That's the net yard average per attempt, whatever. But that's awfully close to a first down per pass. That gets you beat. I mean, which is also fitting because they've also allowed 200 passing first downs this year. Which also needs to improve if they're ever going to have a chance in big matchups. We saw what happened to them when they faced something like Cincy, Cincinnati. If they're ever going to be a team that we take seriously, they're going to have to improve on the backfield. And with tackling. And... Here's the thing. I would like for them to stop getting Titans cast-offs. I feel like that's been a recurrent theme as well. It's not going to get you anywhere. 
They're not there for a reason. And while I'm grilling them, they've made some slight improvements. The offensively, they've improved, especially in the trenches. They're also significantly more talented on that side of the ball. So there's that. They can run it quite well with Algier, Huntley, and Cordell Patterson. Huntley. That's not his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Pitts, they have two pretty good receivers. Pitts is a tight end, but that's a receiving position. They can use some depth though at quarterback. And let's see. Let's go back to the Falcons and the notes. And while we're talking about it, let's let's go down. Let's discuss the Marcus Mariota experiment. Because when he was benched, I just wanted to to kind of think this through. Because his benching was a performance-based decision. And then the chronic knee issue came out. Well, let's see. He was in Marcus Mariota is inconsistent at best. Here's the thing about Mariota. When he looks good, he looks really good. When he looks bad, he looks downright horrible. And then the chronic knee injury. Now, if he had a chronic knee injury, my mind is, why would you even sign him? And he makes boneheaded decisions in crunch time. Now, he did throw for over 2,200 yards with 15 touchdowns and 9 interceptions, but those 9 interceptions were the worst 9 interceptions I've seen. Some of them. He only had three game-winning drives. He's not the long-term answer. He's barely a bridge quarterback. Five and eight as the starter. 61.3% completion rate. And I've watched a few Falcons games this year. He can't push the ball down the field very well without his legs. He's not a very good pocket passer, if you ask me, unless he's being hurried up. And the way how this whole situation happened with Arthur Smith turning their back on them and da 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 it's best for the for them that they offload Marcus and go get a quarterback somehow. Or if you feel like Desmond Ritter is it, turn the reins over. Their lack of defense. Defense or lack of. Because a lot of the times, Atlanta, I just spoke about that. <laughs> their defense wasn't there. So their secondary minus AJ Terrell is pretty much cooked. Hawkins became Jalen Hawkins became to come into his own towards the end of the season. Depth is definitely an issue. They've allowed 26 passing touchdowns and didn't force a lot of turnovers either. Again, that defense is very porous. Again, beefing up with beefing up the defensive line. They need more than Grady Jett on that defensive line. Death is an issue. And another thing with the Falcons is that coaching decisions and play calling. Arthur Smith, he's a good offensive coach. He's a pretty good, decent line. I've, he's pretty decent. But his play calling can be sometimes quite elementary and bland. You can attribute that to a lack of talent on the roster. You could dial, but he could dial up the game plan with those pieces. I know. But 
He needs to find a suitable quarterback before his seat gets hot. He ran off Matt Ryan. The Mariota experiment pretty much failed. We're unsure about Ritter. So if he continues to swing and miss at quarterback, he might lose his job. That's just me being analytical on how the rest of these coaches have lost their jobs. D, here's the thing. The overall lack of talent. I mean, here's the thing. The reason why they're not very talented right now is because they paid a heavy price for offloading Matt Ryan. Which needed to be done, by the way. Then people could argue that the Falcons waited like five, three to four years too late. But you couldn't get defensive quality, quality defensive players because of the cap hit, which is like forty million. I mean, you got some some Titans castaways like Darren Bates and whatnot, and Rashawn Evans and whatnot. And I like they fit the scheme. But they miss tackles, too. This offseason, they should be able to fill up some of those voids, like at linebacker on the defensive line. You need another interior defensive lineman and someone to come off the edge. They should be able to fill some of those voids that they have, and they should be able to get some depth on that roster. Because they took that massive cap charge that last this past season, they have like $55 million in cap space. They're very well able, capable of doing what they're supposed to be doing. And my conclusion for this team is that next year will be a decisive year for the future of the direction of this team. I'm calling it because... Whatever the next year quarterback situation is, Arthur Smith's going to be on the hot seat regardless because that'll be year three. Now, they don't need another Mariota-type quarterback decision. Lamar, maybe. Clark, probably not. Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, I live, I live in Georgia. They'll turn on him pretty quick. Tannehill might be able as well. If, they're, if the Titans are willing to offload Tannehill, for what, I don't know. They have to be really stupid to do that. But if you get Tannehill, you might as well just rename your team as the Titans Castoffs or Titans 2.0. Your defense is sorely needing help, plenty of holes. And again, it was better to get offloading Matt Ryan damage over with out the way instead of spreading it out through years. You can rebuild quicker. quicker. That's all I got to say about that. So the Falcons, I believe, if they need to go another direction in head coach, it's going to take them another four years to beat some. They could turn a corner next year, but I'm giving it at least another three before they're even remarkably close to the conversation, if we're being completely honest. And before we go on to the next team, I just wanted to say that the Falcons averaged only a 61 point something percent completion rate at through through the season and they gave up they let opposing quarterbacks throw for about 66.3 so that actually shows you how much of the secondary is a liability now i look at the um the stats i have it pulled up in my little note sheet right here they've only it's a 18 week season they only forced 17 turnovers, and they only recovered seven fumbles. That's not very good considering the length of the season. I understand that turnovers are hard, but 
when your defense is lack, lacking of stopping anything, well, they can stop the run for the most part. They they average held, well, they held teams to about 4.4 yards per carry. That's pretty decent. But when, you're, when you can throw a clinic on them and you don't get a lot of interceptions, like, you only got 10 interceptions in 18 weeks. That's not very good. You only have seven fumble recoveries in 18 weeks. That's not very good. You're not getting the ball over. You're not creating these momentum swinging plays. You're not doing this. These This defense is a liability, to say the least. So that's a really big theme when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons this year. They do need a quarterback, period, because I'm still unsure myself about Desmond Ritter. But the biggest thing that they need, minus the quarterback, is to beefing up that defense. And there's holes all around that defense. They're in a situation with that. I don't think that's one offseason's full of work. That might be an offseason or two full of work. But they've got their work cut out for them, if we're being completely honest, on the defensive end. And the next team that we will discuss is pretty much the opposite of the Falcons. That defense is still pretty good. They struggle a little bit sometimes. But they really struggle to move the ball down the field. And they, too, have a quarterback conundrum. But with this one, I believe it might be an easier fix. Saints, welcome to your tape. Now, with the New Orleans Saints, here's the thing. They were third in the NFC South. They didn't average 20 points per game this year. They averaged 19.4, which was 26, which is slightly better than the, which is slightly worse than the Falcons. Shocking. And they were also 7 and 10. Um, here's the thing with the Saints. They need a quarterback ASAP, either a decent veteran or you try your hand in the draft, even though I believe they won too many games to even be considered a top player in the draft. And I don't know if they have any type of draft capital or type of, I don't know what they have if they could trade up, to be honest. And point B, Dennis Allen might not be a good coach. You're here for me in about that in a few minutes now and I didn't really like to I didn't really want to discuss this because but because it kind of goes into what your the situation is they probably now need to get another running back because you can expect an Alvin Kamara suspension and I don't trust Mark Ingram to stay healthy and there you go and for whatever reason I just have feel like I need to point this out that the, there's always injuries with their key players, i.e. Michael Thomas, who I feel like I've never seen a complete season from. Mark Ingram is always getting injured. Jameis is injury prone. Do I need to name anybody else? And the defense is aging and susceptible to the run in big games and big plays. I mean, it's a over overall. It's a, the Saints are still a decent team with plenty of talent. The O-line can be iffy. You need a quarterback 
that is competent and is quality quarterback, and you need a competent head coach because of the way this team is set up. If we're being completely honest, yeah, did I? But the thing is, but what I want to start first when I talk about this team is I want to talk about the quarterback situation. Now, last year, the Saints turned the ball over 25 times. 14 interceptions, 11 fumbles lost. That's why they have a losing record. That's a bigger reason why they they had a losing record. They could not stop turning the football over to save their own lives. Like if they were in a pool that was 100 feet deep and they could reach the float, but the only condition is to stop turning the ball over, they drown. The float wouldn't let them on. So, let's get into it. The quarterback should be a top priority. One, here's some big statements that I don't think need to be said, but we're going to talk about them because it's completely obvious. But Andy Dalton is pretty much done and way past his prime, so he needs to go. And Jameis is both injury and turnover prone. Jameis has a gun for an arm when he can get it going. But... He's a high-risk, high-reward type quarterback, like a Josh Allen, a worse version of Josh Allen. Like, he can either throw a dart or he can throw a bad pick. Sometimes he do both. Who knows? But right now, as the team is right now, they require more consistency and firepower at the quarterback position. Because then you result to Taysom Hill quite tight packages, and that doesn't get you very far. But here's another way to look at it. Is the veteran quarterback option really the best route or the best route to take at this point? I believe it's the only route that they can take. Derek Carr is available and a viable option. I believe he has the potential to be slightly above average at best, but he's nine years into the league. We all know what he what he he is, even though the Raiders have never given him a good defense to put him in the best situation, but he provides stability at the position and he's a great leader. He's not they're not in the best position to draft a top quarterback in this draft class unless they make a stupid, crazy trade. So we could take that off. They need to be in the market for a quarterback. And there should be some quarterbacks moving. There should there might be some quarterbacks moving this year in the postseason cycle. Whatnot. Another issue, again, Dennis Allen. Now, granted, and I want to make this very clear, he's getting his fair chance to run the team. Com- hopefully not completely into the ground. Now, this year, there's a lot of turnover on his staff lost his OC and his DC and he's been dead set on hiring familiar faces which could be his downfall if it doesn't work out I mean I understand that because he wants familiar familiarity 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 
with the expectations of what they want to do. He wants to bring folks in who knows and who can enforce that. I have no problems with that. Now, X's and O's and play callings and coaching has definitely been questionable. And because you, why is this team always ending up shooting itself in the foot in the worst situations? Some of his personnel decisions have been questionable, subpar, if, if you want to say that. Bitching Jameis Winston for Dalton, that was very questionable. You traded away Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who just went to a Super Bowl, by the way. They didn't win it, but he went. On the field, offensively, they started out well. And then they fizzled out. it fizzled out of hand. You started having problems finishing drives and even establishing drives. They had problems moving the ball down the field without turning it over. Which you kept that pretty decent defense on the field, which worse, which wore them out. And I'm not a hater. I'm definitely not a hater when it comes to this. The Taysom Hill experiment package thing needs to die, and they need to move on from that. Yeah, it works for like a player too, but to keep doing it again, it's predictable. And stop turning the ball over so much. And let's talk about some unexpected needs. Well, they might need to go get another running back with an unexpected suspension. When an unexpected suspension. I fully expect that Alvin Kamara gets suspended for this. That defense is aging, but very talented. Now, they need to go ahead and get some youth and some depth so that they can kind of learn the ropes or whatnot. And the offensive line could use some rebuilding and retooling. They allowed almost 40 sacks. Some days when I watched the um when I watched the Saints, it was like they didn't have an offensive line. Andy Dalton would get killed, Jameis would get killed, and then he'd turn around and throw a dart, and then he'd turn around and throw an interception. We can't have that. You can't have a winning record unless you're the Bills and some type of juggernaut with the talent pieces that you have. And this team has talent. They have Chris Olaf. They have Michael Thomas. They have Cam Jordan. They have a plethora amount of people. This team has talent. The coach has the potential to either turn it around or run it into the ground. And right now, it started off hot, but he ran that offense directly into the ground. And that's the way I look at it. Like, here's the thing. Like, while they threw for 66%, they only allowed six allowed opposing quarterbacks to um complete about 60% of their passes. They didn't the defense didn't turn the ball, get forced turnovers as well. That could be to do to the fact that they're old. But they can still get after you. They just can't turn the ball over as well. And their secondary does need help. And you're not running the football very well. At all. To say the least. So, what does that mean? That, That means, what do I think about this team? Because at a certain point, Some of these players are going to get sick and tired of just losing and not being able to do anything and not being able to get over this, whatever this hump is. This team is headed towards a rebuild. 
We all saw that this is coming. And they're mostly still competitive. But with all the moves that they've made or are going to make is going to shape them kind of differently. They have some questions, large questions. And I absolutely would not be surprised if Janice Allen was on the hot seat next year. Or next coming season. This coming season. Or, yeah, the 2023-2024 season. You know what I'm talking about. The next team we're going to talk about won the division, but was probably the worst team in the division, arguably the worst team in the division. This team did some major regression, and now we have some major questions. Again, they also have a sticky quarterback situation with the uncertainty, but that might be the least of their problems. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's your turn. And before I get into how I really feel about the Bucks, here's some points of emphasis. This was not a good team at all, with the exception of two to three games, Tom Brady included. They benefited from a weak rebuilding division. I told you guys earlier, this whole division was ail- is ailing for the most part. Um, there was a huge regression with the changing of the head coach. That's weird. The run game was absolutely abysmal. What was the point of paying a running back to do what my chihuahua could do? Um, the wide receivers were worth about a half bag of chips minus Mike Evans when he showed up. The defense was absolutely pathetic with most of the same pieces. They've got a lot of holes to fill on this roster, QB being a huge one. And Bruce Arians meant more to that Super Bowl roster that Super Bowl winning team than what I previously thought. And I am not too prideful to admit that. I'm not. So let's get into it. First thing I want to emphasize is that from the top to the bottom, from the left to the right, it, this was a bad team. Your run game was absolutely pathetic, abysmal, non-existent pretty much. Leonard Fournette and company were pretty much AWOL most of the season. You were dead last in rushing this year. Yikes. Your offensive line was not good. It was weren't as good as opening at opening opening holes. They were actually one of the worst. But whatever. Tampa's Bay Tampa Bay's defense was no longer the formidable beast that it once was. Last season or two seasons ago was with most of the was mo, with mostly the same roster. Excuse my tongue-tiedness. They have a middle-of-the-pack defense, which actually is worse than middle-of-the-pack at this point because they can't stop a nosebleed. But they visibly regressed from last year or the Super Bowl run. They They didn't force a lot of turnovers. They allowed a lot of turnovers, though, through the air. And they're very mediocre at stopping the run. Injuries also hurt this team as well. That run defense was very suspect. They didn't bring back Nadonik and Sue. Who went to a Super Bowl? If we're being completely honest. And then, and before I even get to the thing, get to that part, I want to dis- 
Yeah. They had tur- 22 turnovers, 12 fumbles lost, 10 interceptions. Now, since when do we see a Tom Brady-led team turn the football over that much? It's not as much as maybe Dak or whatnot, but we'll get into that soon. But for a Tom Brady-led team to turn the football over 22 times, something ain't right. We'll get into that later. But the chemistry with wide receivers was off about 95% of the time. The timing was also off. We had overthrows, underthrows, visible frustration was more prevalent. We And we all saw it. Most of the right receiver corps spent time on the injuries reserve on the injury report. And when I say when I say that, that most of the wide receivers spent time on the injury report, I mean extended time. Julio included, and I love him, but he's injury prone right now. He can't stay healthy for three weeks. For crying out loud. And the backups weren't really make up make do material. And Tom's age did show at times. Now, let's talk about the star of what Tampa Bay will make Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. That offensive line was way worse than it had been at some time. You have some key pieces on the line leave. You could not run block at all, and there was a visible regression. Tom Brady got hit more, and he took him. You can't say Brady ain't Brady to take that, but he took him. He got hit more. He got hurried up more. He was running around for his life more. So that offensive line is an issue. And the coaching disparity. I really didn't want to touch on this, but let's talk about it. One year removed from Bruce Arians should not amount to this level of turmoil. There should not have been been this much of a regression, especially on the defense, which is Todd Bowles' specialty. Questions arise with the way I question the way he runs this team, to be honest, because one, a head coach should not cause, changing in a head coach should not cause this much turmoil, unless it's Urban Meyer. Then I get the point. But we'll get a better look next year after the coaching holes and vacancies get filled, because he fired a lot of people. He did. And so let's just address the elephant in the room, Tom Brady and what now? We all saw Tom Brady's retirement coming, and for the final time, too. So what's next for Tampa Bay? Tom displayed flashes of who he used to be, but was mostly clouded by the off the field, which I'm not going to speak on. That's not my place. And he didn't particularly play too well this season either. So... As of right now, Kyle Trask is the only other quarterback on the roster currently, which pretty much leaves you depleted and deficient. And what do we know about Trask? Pretty much next to nothing. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because of how they built this team, they're not very, they're not in a good an ideal situation. Here's the thing. They're $55 million over the cap. You want too many games to put you in the running for a top rookie quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G's available. I highly doubt that Derek Carr will go to Tampa. 
Ryan Tannehill might be available. Again, unlikely. Baker Mayfield might be available. I don't go that route. And Carson Wentz will probably definitely be available, but I avoid that at all po- at all possible. And what I want to say about this Tampa Bay defense. Now, actually, before I even get to the defense, I want to talk about this offense that really wasn't much of an offense. They threw it for 751 times. You're not going to get anywhere throwing that many times. And they completed it 499 times, which is a grand total of, what, 66.1%? Yes. And out of those, 499 of those completions, only 346 went for first downs. Now, here's what I really wanted to talk about. Because the passing, it wasn't there, but it was there. The rushing... 396 attempts on 1,308 rushing yards. You mean to tell me that Derrick Henry outrushed this team by himself? 3.4 yards per carry. Five touchdowns. 18 games. That's horrible. That's deplorable. If we're being completely honest. And when you have a rushing defense that allows 2,052 rushing yards and 4.5 yards per attempt, they're not stopping the. I mean, they're decent, but it's not as what it once was. And they got double the amount of rushing touchdowns ran on them. You only ran for 70, 79 first downs. What happened last year with the Bucks is that they're all that they're completely unbalanced I mean and again with the defense they didn't turn over they didn't force as many turnovers they only did 10 and it was an even split granted their safeties and their corners are a little bit better than what the rushing attempt shows but that that's still not changing the fact that the Tampa Bay defense, the whole team, has regressed in one year under a different coach. There is a problem with that. So, with the moves that will be made and that they're going to be made, this team has some work to do. And quite frankly, they have their work cut out for them as well. Nine times out of ten, I'm being completely honest, all of their work, the, the task that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are because they don't just need like a quarterback. They need a running back. They need some more receivers because they're probably going to get rid of the ones that they have because they aren't worth anything. They need some defensive linemen. They need some more linebackers. They need some more corners. They have a lot of holes on this team. So nine times out of ten, all of this type of work does not get done in one season unless you are a God-level manipulator and can pull some strings. Period, point blank. Because this team has more holes than Swiss cheese. And they won the division because they won the games that they needed to win for whatever reason. I don't see how. One of them, they were cheated. One of them, they should have lost. But 
whatnot. It's Tom Brady. It is what it is. We don't have to deal with Tom Brady anymore. And that's something I'll address later in a future episode. But Tampa Bay is literally in full-out rebuild mode. And anybody else, anybody who doesn't acknowledge that is just flat-out delusional. Now, you should know the last team by now. And they had a plethora of issues. And just like the rest of the of this sorry, pathetic division, they've got a plethora of questions surrounding them. And some controversy. Panthers, last but not least, it's your turn. So, with the Panthers, here's the thing. The biggest thing about the Panthers, and here's some of their points of emphasis, is that Matt Rule was a bad hire, which led to his firing. They were killed by the offense this whole season, mainly due to high quarterback turnover. Again, quarterback carousel. Again, a lot of these coaches that got fired, minus Nathaniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett just didn't know what he was doing, We'll talk about them when we talk about the AFC West. But a lot of these coaches that got fired, it's because they have they can't get consistency at the quarterback position like they need to. And here's the thing about the quarterback thing. That defense would have been top 10 this year if they could stay off the field for extended amounts of time. The offense can't establish runs, not runs, but drives. They couldn't really get down the field, yet you had Christian McCaffrey, and you had Baker Mayfield, which was an abject failure. Which led to his dismissal. But their best bet is to go ahead and draft a quality quarterback and build from around him. No more of other teams' castaways. They need to beefing up that offensive line and stop turning the football over so much. Realistically, they'll be ready to complete to compete, and they'll always be ready to compete because they have a very solid and young defense. But they'll struggle on the offense for like a year or two. Again, and to kind of pound the nail into the needle, I mean, the the hammer into the nail excuse me, is that Matt Rule was a bad hire, a bad hire. He was 11-27 as head coach. Let's just name it. The quarterback carousel was always revolving. You had Bridgewater, Cam, Darnold, Baker, P.J. Walker. He had say-so in all these quarterbacks. He had a large percentage of the responsibility, some of the responsibilities of building this roster. They let him have the reign of building this team, getting the personnel that they need. They gave him what he wanted. So this is on him. And the fan base turned on him very quickly, proceeding to last season. And I don't know if this had to do anything, but you know Luke Keekley retired within two weeks of Matt Rule being there. I mean, and he looked as incompetent as a head coach way too often. And the acquisition of poor play of Baker Mayfield, we're not. I'm gonna give him his due soon too. Led to this process being 
extra extradited because they were probably going to give him another year or two. They probably weren't going to give him the whole seven. But because they, he swung and he missed badly on Baker Mayfield, it expedited this firing process, if you ask me. But let's be realistic. Let's talk about the Panthers. They won't do much until they get a better quarterback. And do, do not. This is one of those teams where here's the whole thing with the other team, another team's castaway quarterback. Usually it has to work in the perfect situation. The situation in Carolina is not perfect. It's far from it. This is not a do not. This is a do not do the other team's castaway route. Draft and develop a young quarterback while you have the young talent there. Um, They're going to need more than DJ Moore as a receiving weapon. I mean, do I need to ask Dallas what leaving the star receiver high and dry does? Ask the Cowboys. Because when they got rid of Amari Cooper and made CeeDee Lamb step up, and CeeDee Lamb was the focus of that offense. You didn't have anybody to offset him. That's going to force the fall ball to him. And catastrophe can happen. Now, this is not that situation. We'll talk about that situation next, just next time. But they're going to need more than DJ Moore as a receiving weapon. That defense, again, was a top 10 caliber defense if they could stay off the field. They're young. They're talented. And the reclamation process, this reclamation process that I think we're going through with the um, Panthers is not going to be done in one season. They have too many holes. Most Most of them is on the offensive line. Or the offensive side. Okay? So, I'll talk about the positives that the Panthers have did. They did run the ball fairly fairly well with Deontay Foreman. That, I do agree. They can run the football. They traded for Christian McCaffrey, and it really wasn't much of a drop-off. Now, we see what they, he did to the San, with the San Francisco 49ers. He provided a spark. But this isn't about them. But um, So, we ran the ball pretty well. You pretty much, for the most part, the defense played his heart out and was competitive. But when your offense can't stay off the field and Baker Mayfield is what he is, which is average to below average, he sucks. Baker Mayfield isn't what people hyped him out to be. I'm not going the bust route, but... He wasn't that good. He was a swing and a hot miss. Baker Mayfield is what he always has been. He'll tend to put the football in danger. He has a little bit of an edge. He does have an edge. He does have a personality. I don't believe that people are going to want to lead his crazy, be led by his crazy behind. But that is what it is when he's not playing well. He hasn't really been playing well for the past season and a half, but that is what it, it is. What it is, I'm not going to start any more arguments about that. Um, the their biggest thing is like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is not a once 
offseason type of fix. Now, if they can fix the quarterback situation, yes, that'll help your your chances of winning next year elevate tremendously. But you better give them a line that could protect them because that that offensive line wasn't very good as well. It really wasn't. And what else? Oh, I just, with the whole Matt Rule thing, I don't know what qualified Matt Rule to be an NFL head coach. Just like I didn't know what qualified Urban Meyer to be a head, head coach in the league. I feel like. Yes, you should be able to move between the two, but you should be able to it should be a ladder system. You shouldn't be able to go just get a head coaching job because of who you know. I mean, we'll talk about that type of stuff soon as well. But like Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching job because apparently he doesn't interview well. He's one of, arguably a very good coach. He's hard-nosed. A lot of these players need it. Yada, yada, yada. He needs to be coaching somebody's team. I mean, right now, yeah, he's the offensive coordinator at the Commanders because he left the Chiefs. I believe that, that it needed to happen for him to be. I believe that it was time for EB to take another step on his ladder to get to being a head coach. I believe he will be a head coach. But he needs to get away from Patrick Mahomes. He needs to be able to build, turn around an offense visibly. To prove to the world, I don't know why do the black people have to prove themselves constantly when there's people who have lost Super Bowls because of their incompetent coaching that get coaching positions. That makes, that's the part that makes zero sense to me. Why is EB having to do a lateral move and then flip that around and then then go get a head coaching time, head coaching job instead of Oh, he won the Super Bowl. He won two Super Bowls. He can't get a head coaching job because he doesn't interview well. That's horse crap. But it is what it is. This ain't about that. Now, back to the Panthers. Now, until this team makes significant improvements at the quarterback position, they won't do much to me. But now with Frank Reich, who can, for the most part, coach quarterbacks, it should improve defensively. They have a de- decent foundation that I expect to be built upon before the foundation leaves. And they've been making some solid coaching moves. Frank Wright then went in there and took that bull by the horns. Now, one thing about Frank Reich is I hope that he approaches this job knowing that they need to draft a quarterback and don't get a veteran quarterback. Because that's what got him fired in Indianapolis. Well, what got him fired in Indianapolis was the retirement of Andrew Luck. But that's neither here or there. Because after Andrew Luck went down, he had a hard time maintaining stability at that position. And that gets you fired in this league. So one thing I do want Frank Reich to do is to maintain stability at that position. That franchise is notorious for the past two to three seasons for having a lot of quarterbacks run through it, like your old organization. So please just stabilize the quarterback position. That's literally all I'm asking.
We've reached the conclusion of another episode, and I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's edition of Jory Sports Stories. Again, I'm your host, Jory. Now, for a few announcements. More like, well, a few announcements. Jory Sports Stories will be back on March 8th. My birthday's next week. I'll be 22. Neither here nor there, but next time on Jory Sports Stories, it'll be a double episode discovering... Discovering. Get it together. Discussing... The NFC North and the NFC East. It'll probably be a longer episode, so you might want to get your popcorn ready. So set that set so set your calendars for March 8th. And I'll unveil a special surprise as well. But as always, if you liked what you heard, feel free to share the podcast and let's grow the audience. Follow us on social media for more updates. And thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys on the 8th.